This is a CBC Podcast. It's a cold winter day, but you get a blast of warmth walking into Coco Rico, a Portuguese chicken joint on Saint Laurent. Oh, <laughs> Spicy piri-piri sauce, pillowy soft potatoes, and rows of glistening chickens are ready to order. I feel like you have to go for the potatoes, right? I have to. Yeah. So good. My CBC colleague Rana Liu is showing me the ropes. She used to eat here all the time with her dad. We would like grab some food. Always the trio sandwich. And then we'd sit on the counter here, and it was just like, this is our place. It was like our little thing to do, which is nice. We're not just here to work up an appetite, though. We're here because this place gets to the heart of a question. One question I've had for a while is, why is Portuguese chicken such a big thing in the city? That's Montrealer Jatha Sowen. I met him just outside the Mount Royal metro station. He moved here from Toronto about five years ago. Like we have Romados and Mungaripure. Um, they're both very notable chains. And I cannot figure out for the right life of me why. Like the French influence, the Jewish influence, all of that makes sense. The Portuguese one really comes out of nowhere. I'm so happy it's here. I just don't know why. What is so good about the Portuguese? Unclear. It's just very, like the use of fresh spices, I think, is the biggest thing. And... It just goes great with poutine. So whatever the answer is, if it ain't broke, don't fix That's it. That's the I one guess. I'm on. Okay. Absolutely. Could you just say, good question, Montreal? Good question, Montreal. Oh my God, you have a voice for radio. Excellent. Thanks. Hi, I'm Ainsley McClellan, CBC journalist and host of Good Question Montreal, the podcast where you ask the questions about your city and we find out the answers. Thanks to Jatha Sowen for this great question. We're delving into the history of a spicy, savory dish that's a big part of the culinary fabric of Montreal. I'm talking about Portuguese chicken. How did it get so popular here? As it turns out, answering that question opens up a whole conversation about how cultures are transmitted and sometimes transformed through food. But before we dig in, let's go back in time. I'm in Little Portugal at the Café Central Portugais at the corner of Saint-Dominique and Duluth. Joaquina Pires likes to come here for a coffee and to see old friends. I met up with her to find out more about the Portuguese community in Montreal. Now, she really wanted me to let you know that she's not a historian by trade, but she did release a book recently, Montréal Empreinte Portugaise, celebrating the 70th anniversary of Portuguese immigration to Montreal. There were, of course, many Portuguese people in Canada well before then, but a 1952 agreement between the two countries launched a larger wave of Portuguese immigration in the 1950s and 60s. This was during Antonio de Oliveira Salazar's authoritarian establishment. Novo regime. As well, many Portuguese immigrants were seeking better economic opportunities. Tens of thousands ended up in Montreal. If you look at the last census, there are just over 50,000 people in the greater Montreal area who have Portuguese roots. Joaquina Pires herself came here as a child in 1966. <laughs> so a piri-piri-flavored Montrealer, if you will. 
She says when she was young, growing up in this neighborhood was like being in a village in Portugal. It's changed since then. A lot of the community has moved to Laval or the South Shore. But the Portuguese community has left its imprint on Montreal, as you can see in the beautiful photos by Ernesto Matos in her book. There's the tile art and the colorful facades painted by Portuguese immigrants who are sprucing up their plateau duplexes. There's the mural of Aristides de Souza Mendes on Saint Laurent. He's the diplomat known as the Portuguese Schindler, who helped thousands of Jewish refugees and others fleeing the Nazis. Some of his descendants settled in Montreal. There are the parks, the parades, the festivals, and maybe most visibly, Portuguese stores and restaurant signs. Flipping through the book, you can see several pages worth of Portuguese chicken restaurants. Joaquina Pires says cooking on a charcoal grill, especially in the summer, is a Portuguese pastime. But it's not all about chicken. Fish and pork are popular staples, too. And as she points out, there's much more to Portuguese cuisine than grilled meat alone. So why did this one dish catch on in Montreal? If you want to know more about the history, she says, talk to the Castaneda family. They're the ones who got things started. The pioneer is really, with all due respect, and my father should be honored for that. My name is Maria Dussel Castaneda. I'm the uh, fifth one of the family. Her friends and family call her Sao. Sao, it's heaven. <laughs> my parents were very religious too, you know. She's been working at her family's restaurants since she was too short to even reach the countertop. So we used to put, you know, a palette to get enough height uh, uh, okay. to go to the... So you could boost yourself up? To yeah, to the cashier. And I, uh, I used to use to, to help him with the packaging, you know. She pulls out some old photos and points out one of her dad. She says, I'm trying to compile all of them. Oh, wow. This is uh, the second store... My father here with one of the your father's name. What's your father's Francisco name? Francisco Castaneda. Okay. And your My mother? mother? Maria do Carmo. Okay. Francisco Castaneda first came to Montreal during Expo 67, and he loved the city so much that he decided to settle here. He brought his family over two years later. At that point, he had already started selling his rotisserie chicken, not yet in his own restaurant, but at the old Warshaw supermarket. He had persuaded the owners that he could improve on the chicken that they were selling. They said... I'm willing to offer my services to cook the chicken and do the best chickens you ever had, as long as you allow me to do my sauce. <laughs> the family's first restaurant was Castaneda de Ribotejo at the corner of De Bullion and Napoleon in 1970. Then came several more, including Rotisserie Coco Rico on Saint Laurent and Jano just a few doors down. Seu says they started growing in popularity, including with Portuguese immigrants. There was a revolution also, so a lot of um, Portuguese uh, immigrated also here in the community. The Carnation Revolution in 1974 marked the end of the Estado Novo regime. It also accelerated the dismantling of Portugal's colonial empire. And as the size of the Montreal Portuguese community grew, so too did the demand for a taste of back home. And they came a lot. A lot of the community came to our rotisserie. 
Now, a quick note on cooking styles. Jano uses a charcoal grill, which is the style that more people might associate with Portuguese chicken, whereas the rotisserie cocorico was in part about adapting to local Montreal tastes at the time. Don't ask Sao to choose. She loves them both. But no matter how it's cooked, she says a few things set Portuguese chicken apart. What do you think it is about... Portuguese chicken. The marinade, the chick, the way that it, it is marinade, the way we deal with the food. People that work so hard, they arrive at home, they're tired, they don't feel like cooking. They have a solution, an easy, I mean, very practical solution. It's not, it seems to be very easy to cook a chicken, but it's not that easy. Yeah, there's, a, there's passion in what you do. And she says the piri-piri sauce is a big part of what people love about the chicken. Her father had been perfecting his own version since before he opened his first restaurant back in Portugal. So what is it that makes the sauce so special? The spices, the spices, there's, it, it's a mystery somehow because there's spices that come from Angola, from Africa, and spices come from India. And uh, whoever has access to those spices, they mix accordingly to their taste. And uh, it depends on your creativity. That's familiar to India, familiar to Mozambique, Angola, all over where Portuguese people went. This goes back in history. That sauce, spicy, tangy, complex flavor, complex history. We got to talk about that sauce. comes from <laughs> They said pili pili and they heard Piri piri. I mean, it and makes sense to me. Piri piri aussi. At Restaurant Le Virunga on Rochelle Street, if Chef Maria José de Frias or her daughter, Zoya de Frias Lacani, offer you a spicy sauce, it's pili pili. I would say, oh, do, would you like some pili pili on the side? And they would say, oh, this is piri piri. And I'm like, no, this this is really pili pili because it's not the same sauce at all. Like, it's it has familiarities, it just has similarities, but it's... The taste is completely different. Both are made with the same African bird's eye chili pepper, but this one's a Congolese sauce rather than the Portuguese one. Which one's spicier? I would say pili pili, but it grows on you. So it's not like bang, you eat it, poof, flames. But when you stop eating, it burns when you stop eating, not when you're eating. So that's, that's so you why... you just keep eating. So you just keep eating. Exactly. <laughs> In South Africa, say at the popular chicken chain Nando's, you'd be more likely to hear peri-peri. I came to see Maria José de Frias because she specializes in sub-Saharan African cuisines. And she says many of those cuisines share similar spicy sauces. J'ai toujours l'habitude de dire que si ça ne kick pas, c'est pas africain. Parce qu'on aime ça quand ça kick un peu. <laughs> she says, we love when there's a bit of a kick. That spicy kick made its way into Portuguese piri-piri, largely through Portugal's colonial presence in Angola and Mozambique. Uh, je suis originaire du Congo. Maria José has an interesting perspective on the intersections of cultures through food, and not just because of her restaurant. Mon père était portugais, ma mère congolaise, mais je suis né au Congo. Her mother was Congolese and her father Portuguese. J'ai grandi avec la feijoada, calderada, bacalhau, cabo verde, et she feels a bit more Congolese because she grew up there, but both cuisines were part of the menu at home. The popularity of Portuguese chicken, though, was something that she discovered when she moved to Montreal. Same goes for her daughter, Zoya. That was a famous chicken. Like, oh, you want the grilled, grilled chicken? That's where you gotta get it from, the Portuguese. But when I grew up in Belgium, 
it was we would get it from any African joint. So even if they're different dishes, Portuguese chicken seems to share similarities to different cuisines. So now I'm wondering, is that part of why it's so popular here? Because it feels familiar to many Montrealers, even if they're not Portuguese? Zoya and Maria Jose think that's part of it, but they have some other theories too. It is quick and spicy, and it's uh, comforting in a, in a place like Montreal where it's 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 super cold outside. So it's a little bit spicy. It kind of warms you up. Maria Jose thinks it's also because it's marinated and more flavorful than most fast food, but you can still eat it on the go. C'est moins long. On va faire la calderada. Ça va prendre du temps. For restaurant owners, she says, it's much quicker to make than, say, a slow-cooked Portuguese fish stew, and maybe more accessible to someone who doesn't know the cuisine. But this is where Zoya sees the popularity of any one dish from any cuisine as a double-edged sword. I'll start with the positive. The positive is that you democratize your cuisine, you make it accessible, and everybody knows. You know, like when you say Italian, oh, pizza. When you say Portuguese, now, oh, poulet portugais. Greek, oh, tzatziki. But the downside is that that's all we're known for. So I'll take, from, from Mike's perspective, my example is that when we started the business, um, a lot of customers wanted the grilled fish. They, they wanted the grilled chicken. They wanted the grill. You know, if it was nothing that was not grilled, that was not fried plantain, oh, so then what's African on your menu? This is, this is the question that I've been asked. So if my food is not grilled and if my plantain is not fried, then I'm not African? This is what you're telling me? The, the things that I grew up with that I'm presenting on my plate, they're not relevant. So my food is, is poor a little bit. If you go in France, oh, you're from Quebec, oh, poutine, oui, oui, you know? You're going to feel insulted because this is not representative of, of the complexity and the richness of what Quebec has to offer. And I think it's the same way for any other countries. And African cuisine is, is complex, just like Portuguese cuisine is complex. So with popular dishes, I guess sometimes it's good, but sometimes it also brings some limitation in terms of what people know this is very tasty too. The chorizo, sausage, with lamb, turkey, a rabbit, by special orders. Do you have a favorite? I love everything. For Seo Castaneda, a dish like a roast or a grilled chicken can be a jumping off point to embracing a whole cuisine and a whole culture. Because the first uh, passport to another culture is through the food. Over the years, she's seen customers grow more adventurous and end up eating their way through the rest of the menu. She's seen it inspire customers to travel to Portugal. And then they come back, oh, I love Portugal, it's so great. The food, the people, the weather. And yes, it's memories, it's pleasure. They want to share. And if for some, it's a way in to exploring another culture, I found out that for others, it's about embracing a familiar comfort, something that has become as Montreal as it is Portuguese. We head over to Jano's. You smell it? Mm. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> it smells savory and spicy and warm from the grill. And we sit down to chat. Hey, nice How to are you? What a small a customer comes in and recognizes so. Felisa Schulman comes here a lot with her husband, Bill Rowett. How, how long have you been coming here? I, I want to say, oh, this is so funny. I want, I, we just walked in. I want to say 100 years. 
I've been coming here since I was a child. It's like a warm fuzzy. I can't explain it. Like, and I asked Felicia if she can sum up what makes it so special. It's like, it's, it's home. It's homey. Yeah. Let's say I'm not Portuguese, but I feel like it's it home. It is like cooked like aqua. Yeah. It's just a great feeling, and it's such a great, like when we moved, we were renovated a few years ago before COVID, and we found ourselves in this neighborhood, and like, you know when you first move and everything's everywhere, and we're like, Yanos, and it was our first night, and we, remember we had the green wine, and we were like, like, we were sitting right over there in the corner, right at the window, like, so it's really special. It's really special. So yay, Janos. Never leave. Never leave. Thank you so much for coming all these years. Well, you can't top that endorsement. Portuguese chicken. Montrealers love it because it feels like home, no matter where you're from. And the story of Portuguese chicken is really the story of how Montreal is connected to the wider world and how so much had to happen in order for it to arrive on our plates. It just, it's so good. I just, it's warm, yummy. What else do you need? <laughs> on that note, we couldn't end this podcast without a taste test. So back at Coco Rico, Rana and I dig in. I'm in sauce, but the sauce definitely makes it. I can't be eating alone. I really okay, okay, eat I'm going to eat too. I'm going to eat too. <laughs> Yeah. It's a good bite. So good. It's a good bite. Still hits. <laughs> a big thank you to Jatha Sowen for asking this question and sending us off on this culinary journey. If you have something you want to know about Montreal, send us your questions. You can go to cbc.ca slash goodquestionmontreal. Good Question Montreal is produced by Sarah Dubray with sound design and story editing help from Craig Dessen. Special thanks this week to communications officer and producer and Portuguese chicken lover, Rana Liu. I'm Ainsley McClellan. Thanks for asking. Talk to you next week. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.